Sometimes cancer can feel like a heated battle. Percy, how should we respond to that heat? Well, Wayne, when we find ourselves in the fire, and there's oftentimes that we will, there is no better place for us to go than right to God. Mm. The scripture says that he is a strong tower that the righteous run to and are safe. God's strength and comfort are able to get us through any trial that comes our way. Coming up on this episode, we're going to talk with a pastor who was himself tested by fire. And with God's help, he's still standing and declaring the goodness of the Lord. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. I welcome you now to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Pastor P., how are you doing today? I'm doing well, my friend. God bless you, and it's good to be with you on another episode. We're calling this program Tested by Fire, and we'll meet our very special guest here in just a few moments. Uh, Percy, let's, let's pose our question of the week right off the bat here today. What do you say? Yep, the question that we have here for today is, what was the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey? What was the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey? You can answer that question by going to our website. It's very easy. Go to healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Connect. The drop-down menu there will give you an opportunity to answer the question that Percy has just posed. And since we've already asked that question in the past here, let me share a response, Percy, if I may, that came in from Oklahoma. Yeah. This person responded and said, my faith had been on the back burner of my life. So that was a challenge. Mm. What a blessing my diagnosis has been to lead me back to God and have a stronger understanding and faith than I've ever had. P.S. I love the HHI podcast. So thank you for that. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, when we look at that and hear from that, ultimately, uh, people are challenged, and we want people to understand that they can work through that challenge or those challenges. And so we thank God for that testimony, for sure. We will be meeting our guest here in just a moment, a pastor that's coming up here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Percy, you want to open the scriptures first for us? I do. Our spiritual nugget for today is found in First Peter, the fourth chapter, verse number 12 and 13, and it reads as follows. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, verse 13, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Today, we're going to talk about how that situation actually did work in the life of a pastor at all of the trials that he experienced. That's coming up on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. We also have a free resource to put into your hands today right from our website, which means you can get it right now by going to that website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. It's 10 tips to strengthen your faith. Go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. Now, if you're concerned that you or someone you love may have cancer, consider reaching out to Cancer Treatment Centers of America for personalized diagnostic services. Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that treats the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of the team with questions about your diagnostic and treatment options. The number, 866-712-HOPE, 
866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of techniques and technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And, of course, you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, Percy, recently you picked up the phone and talked with a pastor in Wheaton, Illinois, and that's what we're going to hear now here on this edition of our program. We have today with us Pastor Rob Boo. He is the senior pastor at Wheaton Bible Church, and he is the author of When the Bottom Drops Out, which is a book that details his experience of losing his wife and best friend to cancer within a year and a half of each other. Today, uh, we welcome you to the show, Pastor. How are you doing? I am doing fine, and thank you for having me. Well, it's a real pleasure and privilege. I was told by my executive producer, we've been trying to get you uh, on the podcast for a while, but we just had to work around your schedule. So thank you so much for making time for us, and we appreciate that. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, with with that said, the opening uh, basically said it all. You're you're a pastor of a, of a pretty large church uh, in the greater Chicagoland area, and uh, one of the things that we have tried to have a very forthright discussion about on health, hope, and inspiration is the fact that you know pastors and ministers and spiritual leaders who have had to deal with the the dynamics and the effects of cancer either personally or with family members, uh, children, and in, in your particular case, uh, a spouse and uh, one of your dear friends. And so help us to, uh, uh, to talk a little bit about the day, I guess, uh, that you became a caregiver and what were some of the things that you learned or even challenges that you experienced being a caregiver of, of a loved one who had cancer? Yeah, my wife had a, um, a very rare case of melanoma hmm that actually originated in a rectum. You can get melanoma. We think it's an external. You can get it in your eyes, your ears, or your eyes, your nose, and and your rectum. Carol, her origin was in a rectum. Mm. Um, Carol uh, went through a real regimen, but her cancer was very aggressive, was very brutal. It went to her lungs. It went to her brains. She developed almost golf-sized tumors on her back. So caregiving uh, began in the early stages of trying to figure out what the medical protocol was going to be. As the disease progressed, she got um, more and more weak, and I have some very vivid memories of taking her through O'Hare Airport when she's in a wheelchair and she's hooked up to all sorts of um, chemo bags and sure. different things like that. And anytime we bumped somebody as you would in O'Hare, she would wince. And it was, I, people would say I'm not a very strongly merciful guy. It's not my gift mix that God has given me. But I learned, interestingly enough, I learned mercy, hmm. not just taking care of my wife, but wheeling her through the airport at O'Hare constantly thinking this isn't the way it's supposed to be, this is the way it is, and Carol needs my attention and my support and needs me to continue to create a context of hope. We both knew we were losing the battle, but we needed to look for little things every single day we could be thankful for and things uh, we could rejoice in. Right. And obviously, our hope and confidence in God. 
And it's interesting, Pastor. Thank you for for sharing that. Uh, Of course, as you and many others know, the great uh, pastor out of Texas, Pastor Tony Evans, lost his wife also uh, to Mm -hmm. a battle of cancer. And I bring that up simply to say, number one, um, we we certainly need to, and I thank you for being willing to be forthright, uh, to talk about, again, the impact of cancer to our spiritual leaders and to their families and their loved ones. And then, which leads me to my question as a spiritual leader, as a pastor, and of a, of a large church, um, how did you internalize that, and and how did you uh, feel about having to share uh, that information uh, to your congregation and and the impact of that? Let's talk about the dynamic of being a public figure in front of those who follow you and and listen and lean upon you for spiritual insight, but yet you're having a real you know, you're having a very strong battle and challenge uh, that ultimately, you know, went in a direction that obviously you didn't hope for and you weren't praying for, but but you did not win that in that context, that battle. Let's talk about being a spiritual uh, public leader in front of people who are watching and listening to you, sir. Yeah, first of all, when your wife dies, and we had 27 years of almost perfect four kids, mm. um, you lose the best thing in your life. Yeah. You, um, all of a sudden, you wake up and you're, for me, a single parent with four kids. My youngest uh, was my son, and he was 12 years old. Wow. And suddenly, I'm facing this reality called doing laundry, figuring out meals, and um, raising kids by myself. And we were in a really busy, we were relocating the ministry, doing a major um, building project, and um, Carol dies. But I think to answer that public piece, i got to talk about the private piece for a sec. And what I mean by this is, um, you know, how you do in a crisis isn't necessarily determined in the moment of the crisis, but in the days, weeks, months, and years leading up to that crisis. Mm. And so both Carol's faith and my faith in Jesus Christ went deep, um, and we had this absolute confidence that our God is good, our God is loving, mm-hmm. and our God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. And yet, our Christian experience was not one without pain. We were not surprised. You know, Peter says, uh, don't be surprised by the fire ordeal that comes upon you. So many of us even as followers of Christ are surprised and like, what in the world is this? Yeah, yeah. Why me? So we had some theological framework, biblical framework, or a platform, maybe that's a better more metaphor, that we could stand on. And um, so I, Carol lived for 11, a little over 11 months, mm-hmm. and in the early stages, I was out a fair amount, but when I was back, I would talk about what we're going through, what Carol's going through. But in the last five or six months, as she started to fail and fail rapidly, Hmm. um, I had to really check my emotions when I talked about it from the pulpit. Sure. Um, Because if I... Um, if I started to go to a dark place emotionally, uh, I was convinced I wasn't going to recover. Okay. So uh, 
I, I tend to be a transparent, open guy. Uh, I was transparent. Uh, we have tons of friends in the church. The church loved us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would talk and um, ask people to pray. There were prayer meetings going on that our staff and elders organized. And we just we tried to live life openly, um, not denying the difficulty. Yeah. Not not denying the pain. Sometimes you lose your spouse months, sometimes years before your spouse dies. Okay. Hmm. In that the chemo is so potent and the cancer is so aggressive that you no longer can have those conversations that you had for you know twenty six and a half years. Okay. You you can't talk about the kids. Yeah. All you can talk about is. Okay, what what's the next step? Right. What is um, who's the next actor we're seeing here? And your relationship changes dramatically before your spouse dies. Yeah. I had to sort through that. I had to come to terms with that. I had to accept that, and then I had to be honest. Um with the congregation without being morose uh, and uh, without being hopeless. And um, sometimes I did better than others. <laughs> and, and, and on that very point, uh, Pastor, and really thank you for just the, the, just the, the brutal honesty of that. How, um, first of all, do you think that uh, pastors uh, who stand before the members, uh, do you recommend that they should be transparent? Because I know of so many pastors over the years that I've had the opportunity to minister to and speak to who have hidden and and try to keep and deflect any type of scenario like that away from the church until they had no other choice but to, you know, say something. How beneficial, I guess, is the question, do you think it was in being uh, that transparent to the congregation, uh, despite how difficult it was? Well, I happen to believe that it's in our transparency and openness that we find emotional and spiritual healing. Okay. And I want people in my church to be able to face and talk about the problems they are dealing with. Mm. And so you model and Therefore, I have, you're right, I have to model that. I have to set the tone. That's been a, a, a part of my preaching from uh, the get-go. Um, and so I think, uh, and this is how I am wired, um, for me, it was really important. You can fall off the ditch in a couple ways, right? You can fall off the cliff in a, cliff in a couple of directions. One is you can you know, overshare mm-hmm. and share things that are unnecessary. Right. And on the other hand, you can seem all bottled up. And yet I wanted to invite people in because I wanted people to pray for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted I wanted us as a church to handle this as a body. Yeah. The, the, this church loved, Carol loved my wife. Yep. They wanted to know, they wanted to pray for her. I, I wasn't going to deny that to deny that, but yet I didn't overshare. Yeah. It's a good point, you know, just um, making sure that you keep the path of ministry open to, to flow back to you and to, 
at that point in time, Carol, and I'm sure your family is, again, you're part of the body as well. So it's an important point to make, which helps me to ask this question. Was that part of the motivation? And let's talk a little bit about the book that you wrote and how people can access it and and what are some key elements in it of when the bottom drops out. Is that part of the motivation that uh, led you to, to writing? And I would imagine that the book is making reference to that journey and that path. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, uh, uh, the titles When the Bottom Drops Out, Tyndale publishes it, and you can get the book on Amazon. And I wrote it so probably eight years ago now. And I wrote it in part for personal healing, but also in part uh, and mostly to uh, share what I had learned, uh, how my theology had strengthened, not weakened. And uh, we all are captured by story, and I wanted to have people to have our story mm-hmm. uh, in order uh, to help them. And so um, that book's done well, and uh, it's a biblical perspective on you know how to handle life when we find ourselves in the dark places, the deep places, the places where we're distraught. Okay. I um, then had a my own battle with cancer some years later. Ah. Uh, two and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Okay. And this was obviously after the book was written. And um, we had another pastor who at the same time, one of my other preaching pastors, who was also diagnosed with um, a very, very uh, aggressive uh, liver cancer. And so we, he made his announcement because it was a bigger deal. My prostate cancer was small. It was going to be healed. Uh-huh. But once again, we were open with the church yeah. in both those cases. Yeah, yeah. and I just salute you guys for doing that and setting that tone. And I think it's so important for all of the reasons that you, you just mentioned. So, again, uh, when the bottom drops out, it's available through Tyndale, and folks can go on Amazon to grab that. Uh, the other, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, piece of your story is you have since, you know, travailed through that and, and those dark moments and tough times and the help of your church and so on and so forth. And you're now remarried, as as I understand. Correct. OK. And uh, so you were you were able to to find, you know, uh, companionship and relationship uh, after that. But ironically, uh, the, the person that you're married to, uh, her husband also passed of cancer as well. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And he was, as you mentioned at the very beginning, yeah, he was my best friend. Yeah, yeah. And he, he died 18 months uh, before my wife died. And Tom and I uh, did life together as good friends do. We were accountability partners with a few other guys. Yeah. Our families went on vacations together all the time with a few other families. And he was actually... Um, the president of the medical staff and a leading surgeon here at our huge um, hospital, huh. and he developed a cancer and died in four months. It was it was just awful. It yeah. took his lungs, and um, so months go by, year go by, and um, then suddenly I'm in a cancer situation, and then Carol dies, and. Rhonda and I have known each other. We had to sell a ski boat we owned Mm. together, and we slowly began the process of dating. Now, I want to make an important point here 
on on step family life. Um, we have between us seven adult kids. Okay. Nine grandkids now. There is a wonderful ministry through Family Life Ministries called uh, Blended Families, Step Families. Mm-hmm. Rhonda and I have been on the board. We speak on this issue of blended families. And I just want to say that is a hard, complex new reality because you're like trucks driving 75 miles an hour, your family and you have all these traditions and all these things, and suddenly Rhonda and I fall in love, and we're trying to merge lanes and eventually to merge trucks. Yeah. And we got a little 12-year-old who's not so sure about this new woman. Sure. And, you know, everybody's got to adjust, and I could, I could spend a whole lot of time talking about that. But here we are 12 years later, and God has been really good to us. There's been difficulty. But just as in cancer, to the extent you lean into the Lord, Uh so in remarriage, and that's complexity, to the extent you lean into the Lord, God will work, and God will use pain, and God will use difficulty, and God will use uh, disappointment to grow you. And that's been our experience. Well, I I appreciate that, And, and which leads me to, you know, and our time is up, and I could talk to you forever. That all being said, because you have you have truly traveled full circle with the whole cancer conversation, obviously, is what today stimulates or drives or gives you hope today? You've seen a lot of uh, sorrow and grief and pain. You you it appears that you have uh, come full circle. You have kind of rejuvenated yourself, your personal life and your relationship. What? What gives you hope today, Pastor? What drives your hope today in the midst of all that yeah. you've experienced? Yeah, let me, let me say it this way. It's not just the knowledge that God is sovereign that saved me and my wife and my best friends and in my moments of cancer mm-hmm. and is saving me in my suffering that knowledge of God's sovereignty is a lifeline, but it's not just merely the knowledge of my God is sovereign, He's in control, He's got my back, He knows every hair in my head. It's also the reality that I'm a new person in Christ, that I'm loved and I'm forgiven by a Savior who will never let me go, and who uses adversity for good in my life. Hmm. It's the gospel that has set me free to be content and hopeful, and that regardless of what happens to me, um, because of what Christ has done for me, I am secure in his love. That's a great word, Pastor. You have heard today from Pastor Rob Boo. He is the senior pastor at Wheaton Bible Church. Uh, here in Illinois, and he has written a book, When the Bottom Drops Out, available uh, through Tyndale Publishing, and you can uh, pick that book up on Amazon. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your journey, and thank you so much for your testimony. May God continually use and bless you and your entire family in the church. Bless you, sir. Good to hear from Pastor Boo here today. And Percy, thanks for bringing that conversation to us. We can certainly put a note about the title of that book in our program notes, When the Bottom Drops Out. Uh, I, I think it's something that would be beneficial for anyone listening to read, don't you? 
Absolutely. I think it's always crucial and important to hear from our spiritual leaders and pastors. And uh, he was so transparent, and I'm sure his book uh, will be a blessing to many. So we certainly want to make sure that people know how to get that and have access to it. Yes. And if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by calling this number, 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, I got to tell you, I was inspired listening to Pastor Boo here just a few moments ago in that pre-recorded conversation, Percy. Um, what were your impressions of talking with him? Well, first and foremost, I just appreciated how transparent he was. There were several, I think, important uh, acknowledgments about his own um, process. In some cases, how uh, things uh, changed for him, his challenges. Uh, you know, for example, uh, he said that he had he learned mercy, yeah. not just taking care of his wife, but while he was wheeling her through the airport. Yeah, think of that. I, I thought that was a profound statement. And, you know, coming from a spiritual leader of a, of a large and growing congregation, uh, you know, to hear a pastor actually admit that I think was very powerful mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But he also talked about how he had to really check his emotions while he was in the pulpit. And, you know, he said that, you know, he he's, he's a pretty transparent guy and he and he encourages his congregation to talk openly about their problems. And so uh, he himself uh, modeled that and, and talked about how he had to at times really gather himself and, and come to terms with dealing with his emotions in front of the congregation. So, again, just really good, heartfelt uh, raw emotion and content uh, that I think people will be certainly blessed and encouraged by. Yeah, there was a balance point there, wasn't there? He had to make sure that the congregation knew what was going on and pray for him and his wife especially. But at the same time, he didn't want to be morose all the time. I think that was the word he used. And that that's a balance a lot of pastors have to have to do. Well, yeah, he said he didn't want to over-communicate, you know, and overshare information, but he certainly wanted uh, the congregation to be able to minister to he and his wife uh, as, you know, they are members of the congregation as well, and he wanted to receive uh, their ministry unto them. So again, finding balance, you know, not getting uh, in a ditch one way or the other was a pretty profound statement. But when you really understood uh, the everything that they went through, you know, uh, yeah. a difficult uh, treatment and case of cancer, you know, it, it's an amazing statement that he had to make there. And, and we were watching when this was all happening uh, to him and his wife, of course. It all happened so suddenly. Uh, the, the cancer diagnosis, and she went downhill so fast. And, and Rob said that they knew they were losing the battle simply because the, you know, the downward spiral was so quick. But they had to learn to rejoice in the little things. There's, there's a good word of advice right there. Yeah, he did. He said it actually changed the type of communication and conversation that they were holding with each other because of that dynamic. And so just focusing in on those types of things, uh, looking at that and uh, rejoicing uh, in the small victories and just working through the context of the challenge. And again, we're talking about a pastor here, mm -hmm. a spiritual leader of a large church. 
And uh, I think it's important that we see and hear uh, our spiritual leaders, how they work through their challenges, just like anyone who's a member of the congregation. Yeah. You had to smile at the sovereignty of God, too, to uh, to bring a wife into his life after his first wife's passing, uh, the wife of his best friend, who also died of cancer very quickly. You know, the irony of that is just amazing when you sit and really process that. It really, truly is. And God is faithful and, and God is good all the time. Uh, but who could have written that script or who would have even, yeah. even thought that, you know, uh, that that would be a possibility of things to happen? And then they, you know, they merged and blended their families together. And he talked about even some of the challenges of, of having a blended family under the circumstances oh, yeah. of, 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 of each spouse, you know, dying from cancer. So again, just a very open and transparent conversation that I think people will be certainly blessed by. But then he himself, after he wrote his book, then he contracts prostate cancer mm-hmm. as well. So another dimension or another layer of of walking in the reality of being a human being in the earth, despite being a spiritual faith leader. But he had the gospel. He had the good news to help him to be content and hopeful at all times, even through all of those crises. Well, that's the that's the big takeaway, isn't it? That when we understand that though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, we do not have to fear that which is before us because God uh, is walking before us, that he's making uh, a, a spread and a table before our enemies, and that uh, surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives, mm-hmm. as I paraphrase you know, that psalm from David. So it's a very profound testimony uh, that we can uh extrapolate and learn from and and begin to apply hopefully to our life uh, in situations that when we're challenged to know that God's goodness and mercy uh, endureth forever. We have just a moment here. Can I take you back to the fact that he had to model transparency and know what to say and when to say it? Of course, cancer affects every family differently, and there's different dynamics at work here. But here's here's a public person, so to speak, a pastor, who has to learn to walk that balance beam between sharing enough to really encourage prayer and already wanting prayer, but at the same time, you know, not oversharing, because it, it can be a very private matter as well, can it? Well, again, as I've stated often, cancer is a community disease. It doesn't just impact the one individual family, friends, loved ones, in this particular case, the community of a large congregation. And uh, we thank God for Pastor Boo because he took on the challenge and the strength to figure out that balance, but understood that it was important to share and to be somewhat transparent and to allow the congregation to also walk with he and his wife and to support and minister unto them and in a way that he could do so, again, just just as you stated it, with some balance and with some perspective. Uh, I just love this man's spirit and I love his courage because I'm not sure many pastors would have done that in that light. Uh, And so he did so, and uh, he is uh, to be acknowledged. And there's a modeling there that I think that many pastors can benefit from, as you and I know, uh, you know, probably about a year ago, uh, Dr. Tony Evans kind of did the same thing with his wife who had a battle of cancer and they were very transparent. Uh, they kind of gave updates. They let people know what was going on along the way. I think that that's part of, of public ministry, even though it may not feel good, people ultimately, I think are enhanced and empowered to see their leaders, uh, walk by faith just as they are being taught to do so as well from Sunday to Sunday. Well, it gives such confidence, doesn't it? To, to see God's word, um, play itself out in our leaders' lives just gives us the confidence to follow God at the same time. 
Well, as the scripture says that the scriptures were written uh, so that we may have an example. And so leaders are likewise uh, sent and given to us to be examples for us as we walk uh, through the day-to-day challenge, because we are all humans uh, on a spiritual experience, and we are all trying to apply the love and the faith and the hope of God to us in all of our circumstances. And so we are we are benefited in that regard. So uh, we continue to pray for Pastor Boo. He has moved forward. His life has come somewhat full circle, and, and his ministry continues to thrive. He has a new family, uh, and, and I believe new challenges from ministry that he's looking forward to as he yeah. continues to move forward. Exactly right. Percy, I'll come back to you in just a moment, but let me turn to our listeners and ask, have you ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With Cancer Center for Alexa, now you can. The Cancer Center for Alexa skill is a voice-activated question and answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. To access this tool or anyone can simply say Alexa Enable Cancer Center to any Amazon device or access this tool on any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. It's a great new tool available to you. A resource which is available to you today from our website is 10 Tips to Strengthen Your Faith. You can download this right now at Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And Percy, before we wrap things up, let's remind everyone the question we're looking for answers to. We're asking our listeners to answer this question. What was the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey? You read those, I know, Percy, so we, we need to hear from listeners. Absolutely. And we're reminded that our, our faith is challenged from time to time. And so we want to hear from those uh, who may have had challenges and and uh, what that impact was and how you worked through that. So what was the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey? And when we have opportunity, we will certainly read those responses or some of those on uh, upcoming shows in the future. To answer, go to healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on connect. Let's return to that verse of scripture you shared earlier. It means so much in hearing it now in the context of Pastor Boo's testimony. It does. First Peter 4 and 12 and 13 says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, even for pastors, spiritual leaders, people that are walking in the word, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. And so as the scripture remind us, weeping may endure for a night, but joy does come in the morning. And so be encouraged to know that this is not a strange thing when we find ourselves under the fiery darts and the test of our faith. As we go through the planet, uh, we will be tested and our faith will be tested. But God is with us and he promised never to leave us nor to forsake us. Be encouraged. Amen. That's our host, Reverend Percy McCray. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Percy, God bless you. We'll talk next time. Until the next time, remember, we've got work to do. Let's keep chopping the wood. God bless you all. And thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person. 
body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.